0: You are now listening to a Rabble Press podcast.
1: I didn't expect some kind of cinematic inquisition. Nobody
2: expects a cinematic inquisition.
1: Okay. Shall we do the movies? I
0: do the movies,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, do it. Play the movie. Yeah. Play. <laughs> yeah, Play. <laughs> <laughs> Still one of the best DVD menus ever. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, pick me, pick me. I
1: uh, uh, gotta love that. All right. Yep. Welcome everybody to the Cinematic Inquisition. My name is Tyler Hoskin. Joining me today is Mark Bunn.
2: Hey, hey, hey.
1: And Lindsay Shrabko.
2: Hello.
1: Hello. 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 So, uh, as we said last week, we are going to discuss the Nightmare Alley this week. Uh, but before we do that, did you hear what Spider-Man did this this weekend?
0: I, I did. Now, keep in mind that's de- like that's it's
1: domestic. domestic. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, worldwide. it's no because Avatar but, yeah, still holds I, I the. Hear. Avatar yeah, still holds the but, w- worldwide record forever and ever and ever. And yeah. I am still yeah. one of the people that has never seen it. I've seen it. And Titanic. It
2: Good Titanic. Utah,
1: Yes, and Titanic. I have not seen Titanic either. I can. Are you kidding? No, I'm not wow. kidding. Not at all. I've not seen either one of those two movies. Like the top grossing movies of all time for the longest time, I have not watched. <laughs>
0: I I was taking travel and tourism when Titanic came out, and they actually made us go see it as a class oh. assignment. So.
1: That's unfortunate. Like I said,
0: I, even if I didn't want to see it, I had to see it anyway. Was- I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But I don't, again, I don't understand why the overseas people watched it five, six, seven, eight times, but. Yeah. But yes, I I did hear what little uh, our our good old little Spidey,
1: (laughs) uh, Spider-Man did. Taking over number three spot domestically over Avatar, which is pretty awesome in the domestic world, Mm -hmm. I suppose.
0: Pretty good. I mean, it came out at the height of the beginning and the height of Omicron. So, I mean, really, could you imagine, you know... How many extra millions, and I only say millions like two, three, four million, that Canada would have brought in.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That extra ten million dollars.
0: I mean, it's not a lot, but it, hey.
1: It would have it would have hit number three last weekend instead of this weekend.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Ah, uh, yes, and who knows what's gonna happen in the coming weeks with Yep. All the restrictions being lifted and oh dear lord mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna be a fun time at the theaters i think at least here in ontario
0: uh, yeah i was gonna say yeah <laughs> everywhere else has been fine We're, we've just <laughs> been uh yeah yeah um, finding finding ways to watch movies in other ways
1: right? yes exactly all right well That's that's really all the news I want to break because once the podcast is recorded and then released, it's like news is old news. So, Mm. what else? Okay, so Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro. This was a crazy film.
0: I had to adjust. My thought process because I realized not too far into it that yes, although it's Guillermo del Toro and it's called Nightmare Alley. Yeah. It, I was not gonna get the horror-esque No You know, that I thought I was gonna get. Yeah, <laughs> I thought there was gonna be
2: some supernatural element and then I read that it was based on a book. I'm like Oh. Hey, yeah,
0: okay. so I had to I had to adjust <laughs> The way I was viewing it, and I was gonna
1: say you have to you have to think about this. If I was excited to watch it, you know, it's probably not going to be a horror movie.
0: Right? Yeah. Well, I didn't Is expect sh- it. I didn't expect horror. Sure. But there's a certain creative element he tends to bring. Right. Not supernatural, but uh, you know, there's like sort some creature
2: stuff. Fantastical, like was, like, exactly. Was not- a Pan's build. Labyrinth.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Not I, in Pan's Labyrinth. Not a horror, in my opinion. No. Horror esque, but just a brilliant, brilliantly told uh, semi fairy uh, tale. I'll say, know,
1: I'll say this. I'll say this. The uh, I kept expecting that baby to like twitch or come alive.
0: I did too. I, was, I was just for sure. Maybe just a little.
1: Just a little. Just a little like know, the eye little, blink or something. Like some. Yeah. Just some weird thing to happen. I kept expecting something to happen there, and it never did.
0: Well, yeah. especially with
2: the end credit, I thought maybe at the end credits, then do it right.
0: Better. Yeah, like like as they're going over it, maybe the yeah. eye does open as it goes, mm-hmm. you know. But no, no. I I, <laughs> I loved the way it was filmed.
1: Yes, very I
0: did. sort of film noir esque. You know, it's, um, it's the, the lighting.
2: The same uh, *Shape of Water*, which is why right. the two looks so similar. But
0: and and again, when you think of those older films, the lighting, like the lighting on uh, Kate Blanchett specifically, um, how it focuses on her eyes, um, those types of shots, like it, it was all done very well. And the acting on everybody's part was just phenomenal. You know, like oh, I'm watching it and I'm like, is that David Strathern?" Like I'm listening to the voice, you know, the good night and good luck you know Uh is going through my head as he's speaking and you know it's funny because kate blanchett's australian but we normally hear her with a british accent Uh and she has this very commanding low raspy american accent that like commands you to listen to her when she speaks you know, you get very captivated and, and drawn in by her when she talks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For me, that's her evil voice. Because she's the same thing kind in of, uh, Ragnarok, which is great. Kind
0: of, kind of, yeah. But it it just... it, it her, her not regular voice is always very commanding. Um,
2: but she has such a unique voice that...
0: Even if you close your eyes, you know
2: it's her. Or if she's wearing a mask like in Hot Fuzz, <laughs> you know it's her. Yeah.
0: Again, I think I wouldn't know it's her if she actually spoke with her Australian accent, although it does sound very faint. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that would actually throw me off more than anything.
2: Yeah, because you yeah. see her speaking in the other accents as opposed to Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: One day she'll do yeah, her I... proper accent. One day.
0: And it'll be amazing. Yeah but everything the setup from the beginning of the movie you know you don't know if if the body he's he's burying he he committed a, a like a right. like just a cold-blooded murder or you know you don't really the character development of Stan throughout you know it builds and builds and builds so you kind of especially near the end, you kind of get, it circles back to that beginning that you know what he's capable of. But throughout the movie, it's like he's trying to distance himself away from it, but it's always sort of there. You know, it's what he can do, but he chooses not to. Yeah. The scene with Willem Dafoe... When they're talking about the geek, well, um yeah that, I, I like knew that was gonna, there yeah like it was gonna come back around like I like that how he was explaining it and and what they do to quote unquote, lure a person into to being a geek and and yeah. how it evolves from there, you know, it it did tie in ever so nicely,
2: which is funny because I thought. At that point in the film, that was what Willem Foe was using Stan to become.
0: See, I I didn't think that, but I did think this this is this this whole scene. His description of it, everything else there there, it's it's going to be very important later on.
1: I I think too maybe so, that he was he was going to until he kind of implanted himself somewhere else. Right.
0: Oh, with uh, with Xena Tony Cohen. And- Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, like, he he went. I'm gonna go do this instead, and then it kind of the tides took a turn.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't help that. <coughs> uh, and uh, again, at the beginning, Stan, <laughs> what was would not drink alcohol. He yeah. always refused it. That's so weird. Yeah. It could have. It could very well have been that he, you know, Defoe's character realized. He wouldn't be able to do because he wasn't drinking yeah exactly, you know, and I mean it's interesting to see even now, like uh mentalism and even back then in the forties, what um uh, like that book that uh Strathern had and the cues and the 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 words and and things like that and <clears throat> You think I think of like talk shows of the '80s where they had, you know, psychics and, and things like that on, and it's actually very interesting to see what they use to create the illusion that yeah. they they are actually psychic to on a some level,
2: which is the premise of a couple of shows. And the one I loved watching was uh, Psych. And then the mentalist came after that. And then the joke in cycle with the mentalist copied them. It's just basically a guy who picks up on these little nuances and then pretends he's a psychic and solves crimes with it.
0: He's reading, and, and it was really important for Guillermo del Toro. And I had known this before. So when he was up and coming, his father was kidnapped in Mexico and held for ransom. And I want to say it may have been James Cameron that helped him out. But that being said, apparently, um, you know, when he went down and he was talking to his mom, uh, something that the law enforcement told him is be wary of these psychics. They are going to try and convince you that they know something. They can feel where he is and things like that. And a lot of it was it's all just mentalism, you know, and he uh, he went to see his mom And sure enough, there were two or three people there and he just said, get the fuck out, basically. But he used sort of that as like he really wanted to focus on it as a, you know, in this movie, like how Stan did the mentalism and, and, you know, the tricks of the trade. So just exposing them, you know, more than anything. And I, you know, it's, Yes, it's based on a book, but he sort of inadvertently had real-life experience with that. And he wanted to draw in on that, which I thought was very interesting.
2: Well, I read that he was given the book back in 92 from Ron Perlman. And it's been then, since then that he's had an interest in developing this into a movie.
0: I'd like to see the original. I've never seen it. I think it was like
2: 1947. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah they even cast uh, his daughter, the, the actor's uh, daughter in this movie. Who played was who was in the original
0: movie? Oh, oh yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know what roles she played, but I just read it.
0: Yeah, because I heard like the author, the whole concept of um, like spiritualism and and that again, the author was going through things and he incorporated it into his book. Mm-hmm. So it again, very interesting. Yeah, you know, again, you have to get past the fact that the word nightmare is in the title. And then when you get to the guts (laughs) of the movie, it's brilliant, but you just have to get past that. I
2: mean, they do mention Nightmare Alley literally once in the film, and that's when Defoe's describing how he gets these geeks. Because he finds them in what he calls Nightmare alleys these places where people go and and die pretty much.
0: And again, you could say it all sort of comes together in that end scene. Mm -hmm. You know, when he's like, I was born for this. Like he he knew exactly what was happening, but he, but he also still- deserved
2: it because remember Sturthen warned him not to go too far with this act. You don't want
0: to and that's the whole it. Like
2: talk to the dead. thing.
0: Here's the thing: like the two um, Mary Steenburgen and mm-hmm. um, her husband. I can't remember what his name was now. Um, you judge. know the judge. The it. it because of what he said, and he thought,
2: you no know, harm, maybe, no bow, whatever. He yeah. he was
0: kind of trying to put their mind at ease.
2: Yeah, but she took it literally,
0: right? <laughs> Which, again, there aren't many death scenes in this movie, but each of the death scenes were like, wow, he 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 just bashed in Richard Jenkins' head like, God, that's caved in. The nose in. was gone. The nose it was, was gone. like, and again, <laughs> and that's where you get the del Toro effect. You know, oh. the, and then when he, he ran over, his name was Robert Paulson, um, <laughs> when he ran him over, yeah, and hit the arm. The arm.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Again, brilliant death scenes, Um, and uh, even, you know, when Mary Steenbridge and she just right between the eyes, the judge. Yeah. <laughs> and then in her own eyeball. And that's it. She turns the gun on her with such a serene smile on her face and the the gun right in the eye. And I mean, they, they kind of cut it.
2: Yeah. So you, you don't that, have, to, but you see the, the eye beginning to yeah.
0: exactly. I mean, like, that's what I'm here for. But <laughs> it. it ties in so well to the character to Stan's character that there is nothing he wouldn't do you know and and that's sort of what Stan is is he he was always craving more maybe more than he deserved at times yeah and he got greedy about it.
2: Oh, and as he, as he went down further down the rabbit hole to say, I be even the drinking started, and then that, like, completely made
0: him... And the scene with, with Kate Blanchett, uh-huh. when she's talking to Stan, and she's like, there's, there's that word, never. And yeah. she must have repeated it a half dozen times. And it was so effective you know, that, oh, there's that word again, never. Yeah. Never. It was, almost,
2: it was almost like she was goading him, like, oh, you think you have control, right? Okay. Really.
0: Well, yeah. Real control. And, he was and never it.
2: control. It was always her.
0: It was always her. And again, it, yeah. she, she really does command your full attention and she delivered it very well. And you you know, you 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 sort of kind of want to root for Stan ish, but at the same time, with her, it's like, yeah, the better person here is going to win, and that's her. Mm-hmm. The smarter person. Hmm. She again, psychiatrist, very clever. Like mm-hmm. she, she knew what she was doing.
1: Right from oh, well, right am, from the start too.
0: Yeah, I'm curious how the police got there so fast. Like, it didn't seem like, you know, she picked up the phone and then, like, within 30 seconds they were there somehow.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Seemed very fast. But, yeah, everything, like, from, like, she knew what he was doing on stage. Yeah. With him and Molly. And, you know, when she took over. Uh, it she was... didn't know
2: about the gun trick, though. The gun trick. Well. Kept trying to wear, speaking And then speaking about her mom and then he revealed how he did it and then logical he heard, guesses yeah
0: Which logical i think we hear
2: more angry at him it's like okay i'm i'm going to get this motherfucker for getting me
0: yeah a little bit yeah but it, and again it's it's you don't really know where it's starting because you know he just follows this you know dude into the circus grounds and <coughs> you don't really know where this is going. Right. Right. Mm. If I knew where the mute button was I'd mute it. But...
1: It's, uh, it's healthy cough. It's all good.
0: Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's you, you know, learning mm-hmm. the tricks of the trade of the circus was interesting because you know, we don't really have there's no such thing as a traveling circus anymore, is there? I don't I, know.
1: I don't know. Uh, no idea. I've
2: even like gone to one.
0: Uh, I think I, for the last I, time
2: advertisements for it.
0: I think. I mean. I think. Uh, like P. T. Barnum or something like that came to Cops Coliseum when I was like eight.
2: Is it Ringling, Ringling? Is that another one that, I'm that?
0: And that's it. It 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 could have been the Ringling Brothers. It could have been P. T. Barnum. but yeah. That that was like the only time I've I've been to the quote unquote circus but there's no like traveling circus where it's like a carnival where it yeah, pops up and it. yeah we have
2: pop we have pop up like rides amusement yeah yeah not, not an actual circus
0: yeah yeah gone are the days of the circus you know and i mean you know when you think of circus it's like the three rings tigers and elephants and clowns yeah but with the film and stuff this is like with the strong man with the the um You know, bearded lady, The again, Molly, who did the uh, electricity Mm -hmm. thing, you know, that just doesn't happen anymore. So it kind of gets your interest in in that right away because you don't really know where it's going. And again, there's a certain fascination watching that circuses like these did exist. And to see the sort of this is actually what happens behind the scenes, which... You know, takes a bit of the illusion out of it, but at the same, you know, kind of makes it creepy all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? I had also read like, uh, and I didn't even really notice, even though I knew it was in there, um, because Bradley Cooper does a quote unquote full frontal nudity thing, right in the bathtub. You know what? I knew it was coming. Like I knew I had heard about it. But I I didn't even I wasn't paying attention because the the dynamic between him and Tony Collette at the time, you know, it made so much sense for that scene that I wasn't even paying attention. I was paying attention to the actors, not you know, oh my God, he's in water that's clear, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But it just goes to show you that there are ways for for scenes like that to be very fluid and natural and, you know, part <laughs> of a scene without it being the scene itself. Oh, yeah. And that's how they made it. And it just, it, it because yeah, of... It was never
2: gratuitous. It was just like, boom. Like, this is... It's
0: what, what was happening. Happen- and that's it. What was happening between the two of them, the conversation they were having and, you know collect going in to kiss him and semi seducing him in a way i suppose but you don't really pay attention to anything else other than the actors themselves as i said it i i may have saw the water you know when he you know tried to t- get back from her a little bit but i didn't really notice anything and to me that's something that scene is very something to be very proud of because there's so much else going on that that is not even a second or third thought. It's, it's the uh, oh yeah, was that the scene? Oh, okay. I, I No idea.
2: And then later on with the scene where he gets when he's taking a tour with Will and the foe, and he's talking about the alcohol. And I'm thinking to myself when he explains the alcohol, I'm like, why would you put something that's poisonous and something that's drinkable right beside each other? And then you find out later, okay, there's a reason for it. Plot wise, for this to happen,
0: because that's what killed uh, David Strather. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. I can't see. I know all the actors' names. <laughs> can't remember their names in the movie except for Stan. I could be saying Bradley Cooper, but no, he's Stan. And Runamari Mari, I, I got as Molly, Molly, but the rest of them.
2: Dr. Lilith <laughs> Ritter. Yeah,
0: keep my shut. As I again, terrible. I'm terrible with names. We all know that. It's just it, you know, it was just a very, very well done, cinematically, bru- like beautiful, movie. The plot, from beginning to end, was jointed. Like they they, it was very natural. And it, yeah, and it, it, it came round and everything like there, there wasn't much I can think of that I can say I, I, I didn't really like about the movie.
2: The only thing I didn't like was the setup of Dr. Rivers' office because she has those sliding doors that goes into the wall. But if you look at where the wall ends and the length of between the wall and where the door is, that door is going into
0: the fucking hallway. Are you complaining about architecture right now? I am! It
2: was bugging me the entire time. I'm like, that door makes no fucking sense. And then the back door to her office makes no fucking sense. Because when he goes to her office for the first time, you see a long hallway going down. And there's no way that that back door goes into a separate hallway. Oh, it was annoying me.
0: I will say, I, I did take notice of the hallway. And I'm like, that... Where her office is doesn't. Yeah, it's like it's like Seinfeld's hallway. You know, it's just it can't exist. It 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 can't exist. It 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 can't exist the way that it that the way that it is. But I didn't focus on it to the point where it was annoying. Oh, so
2: annoying! (laughs) Because I kept. Am I wrong? Like, no, that door's way too long for that. No. (laughs)
1: We we must draw the office. office. It was a lovely office.
0: It's a a very nice office. I (laughs) thought I thought it was a great office not practical, apparently, from an architectural point of view, but it was a great office. But, and like, there's very little I could say. I mean, everything, like, from Molly leaving, like, being, you know, her getting unsettled with how Stan's behaving to, like, the final straw, which, you know, it took two people dying, but, you know... Okay. It's, again, it's Stan's greed and, and, you know, Kate's sort of vengeance of, of sort of making fun of her intelligence in a way. Yeah. You know?
2: The story also reminds me of a, a really old movie called Freaks. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It was back in the 30s. So basically, it's set out a carnival show, uh, and the uh, I forgot who she was, but she and the strongman, like, were scheming to get all the money from the entire circus and leave them. and in, the, in the end, because the other freaks found out, turned her into a freak at the end, and so she was part of the the show. gasp! Like, yeah, that was like the twist ending. Of right. That
0: movie. See, and whenever I think of traveling carnivals, I, I just think of Torchwood, and... I can't help it. <laughs> I've got the soft spot for Captain Jack. Obviously. But, and again, you, you just, you know, it there is a sort of fascination to those carnivals and what was considered a spectacle and, and entertainment back then. Because, you know, even when he um, dragged the geek out... See, or or lured him out. Let's say, um, you know, you 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 kind of expect a monster or or not just a you know a human that has a, a beard. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really expect it to be just a normal human being, who's if anything, you know, as we learn, has been, you know, tormented, you know, in in a sense to choose to rip off a chicken's head and drink the blood because they're hooked on something. You know, you, you think there's another reason for it, but it, it's actually a very just cold, callous addiction reason, which is, again, scary in its own right. Oh, yeah. So.
1: Real creepy. I
2: read that in the, in the book that when their first, Pretending to be the geek, there's a razor blade that they use in their mouth to cut the chicken's neck so that they don't actually have to do it. But then it graduates to the point where, like William DePaul says, he cuts them off and they're so desperate that they actually have to do it.
0: Right. They'll do anything for, yeah. for their next fix type thing, right? Yeah. And even William DePaul says in the movie, and it's like applicable still to
2: today, is that the amount of money people will pay to make themselves feel better by looking at people who are worse off.
0: Mm-hmm. And, it's And true. that's absolutely true and you're right. It it still holds true to this day. I mean there's so many I, I again look at look at something like dog fighting even. You know, it's it's people watch it and place money on it because it's not them. Mm-hmm. Cuz yeah. they have the money and it's not them, right? <clears throat> or even but just it,
2: people making fun of people with disabilities and how they look different and
0: it's just—it's not. You're right because it's yeah. just—it's not them. Yeah. See, it's—it's it's amazing, you know, when you dissect a movie like that, how how much more depth there is to it than just, you know, oh, there's this guy. Oh, he kills people. Oh, he he becomes mm-hmm. the geek. Oh, there it is. The end. No, much much more to it. <laughs> and I think. Guillermo del Toro is a brilliant storyteller in that respect like he he makes you see all that that you know maybe someone lesser would would sort of glaze over
1: uh hundred percent watch that again for sure i I didn't know there was an original so i'm gonna i'm gonna go find the original movie yeah. and uh and watch that
2: um, it's a little different, the, same, the book's a little bit different as well, but generally it's a pretty accurate adaptation there's like no huge changes
0: right, yeah, and I mean it's it's not a remake of, of the 47 version, No, it's just Doug uh, oh, Coba didn't
2: even know of the movie, because he got yeah, the book it, first
0: exactly, and that's it, it's just a, another telling of the same book, it just so hmm. happens it's the same story because it was both based on the same book, it's just again Two different, two different movies based on the same. Mm.
1: Yes, very nice, very nice. All right, uh, I think for next week we're going to do The Kingsman, which is the third movie in the grouping of the Kingsman series, but it's a prequel. Yes.
2: Yes. Yvonne, write and direct this one as well, or?
0: Yes. I want to say that I remember it's the same guy, because I, I, I have watched it already, and I think it's the same guy within the credit.
1: Yes, Matthew Vaughn directed this movie.
0: That's it, that guy.
1: Correct. Okay.
0: So I'm, I'm so, so good with names.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, it looks it looks pretty interesting. I'm I'm inter- I like the other ones. The second one was.
2: Mm. That's what I'm saying. The second one was like, meh. That, that's how it had me like, eh, but if it's Matthew Vaughn, then I'll give it a chance. Yeah. But if someone else taking over, then nah. Yeah.
1: And Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll do that for next week. And thank you for listening to the Cinematic Inquisition.
2: Oh, I forgot to mention Michael Shannon oh. was supposed to play David Statham's role.
0: See, really? I would have... Uh, I don't think... I, I can't see anyone playing that now. I know. Like, I, <laughs> see. If anything, I thought you were going to say Michael Shannon was going to take the Her bodyguard. His name is Robert Paulson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I thought it would be him. That's interesting. I would. Yeah. I totally would have thought it was the guard, the bodyguard, not Pete. And they filmed it. Uh, they filmed the second half first.
2: Yes. And then filmed the first half afterwards because of uh, COVID. Peter's-
0: No, it was COVID. Yeah, but I did read um, that last scene was the first scene shot.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: If I'm correct, it was done in like his. I guess the whole thing was is if it takes 50 times, we'll do it 50 times. And he Bradley Cooper got everything on the first take. So again, what do I expect from Guillermo del Toro? Also, for more Hampton shots, but not get them. You know, I, I was looking, too, there was so, and I'm like, maybe that hill, <laughs> that hill could be... No, I'm... There's
2: all the, all the architectural stuff, and out there, uh, there's the So I think the circus stuff, mimics on the, right the city stuff, is definitely I are, think my the, you
0: can see right
1: Oh, there it
2: is.
0: Yeah. Get that
1: new <laughs> mayor of kingstown got picked up for season two that was all hamilton
0: you've been listening to a rabble press podcast visit rabblepress.com for more podcasts